Hello and I hope you're safe and well wherever you're tuning in from. If you're in Southern Europe or the UK, you'll probably have experienced record-breaking temperatures this week. We even got up to 42 degrees here in England. Now I know that's a chilly day for some of our listeners in the Middle East or India, but it's scorching for us Brits. Well, aside from the heat, it's been another fascinating week with England beating Australia in the rugby, Ireland beating the dominant All Blacks and Wales having a good scrap against the world champion South Africa. Also, Argentina beat Scotland. I saw that result as well. In cricket, we've seen Rishabh Pant play a match-winning innings in the last one-day international to help India win the series. And then the announcement that Ben Stokes, the England star, is retiring from the 50-over game. And I fully appreciate and respect his decision. I think it's the right thing for him, actually. But it's very sad for cricket. And his World Cup winning antics and heroics are still fresh in our mind. And I do find it ludicrous that England have just finished a series against India and then start a new series against South Africa just two days later. There's just so much cricket. So we're in danger of killing the goose that lays the golden eggs here, I think, with our corporate greed. And while it's nice to sit in our armchairs and click across channels for more and more sport, We also have to realise the travelling, the training, the media, the mental and physical workload that goes on behind the scenes. I saw some stats that uh, the England players a few years ago had only stayed 50 days at home in their own bed. So I'm sure that's not great for relationships and friendships and balance either. Now, I know the players get paid very well, but I think sport needs to slow down. It needs that pause. You know, when we think about the great tournaments, there's this anticipation, there's the build-up, there's the hope as we all start to talk about what we think might happen, the combinations, the match-ups, the tactics. Will people be fit? And then we have the fierce battle with two teams that are well-planned, really fizzing, they feel fresh and they're fit and strong to do battle against each other. And that's when we get our best games. And then we get the celebrations if our team wins or the delirious post-mortems if we lose where we're inconsolable for months on end. And it's this emotional trajectory that makes sport addictive. But if we have an endless blur of game after game after game, then it's just going to become grey. So Ben's chosen, and I think rightly for him, to move away from this blur Uh, and to focus on his impact in 2020 and test formats. And it's a sign of the times that the longest and shortest format of the game are shining brighter than the 50-over game at the moment. And if we do have to choose, then I think we're seeing some of those decisions come through. A quick thank you to everyone that's rated and shared the show. It's great to receive your messages and to see how it's helping you across the world. I got a five-star review from... Wolfgang in Germany, who I think remembers playing indoor cricket against me in Vienna in the 90s. I half remember that uh, tournament. Uh, I'll explain why in a moment, Wolfgang. Uh, He probably got me out, which is why he was writing in. But I remember that trip being particularly wild as the Durham University team I was playing in had never seen anything like those massive one litre beer glasses that you get in those... uh, Um, you know, beer halls and the ladies serving them as well were quite uh, astonishing. But despite being socially sabotaged by the Australian cricket organisers, I think they threw us in there thinking that that would be the end of our talented gang. 
we managed to sober up just enough to win the tournament. Uh, so Wolfgang, great to hear from you. I'm glad you're finding the insights helpful. And as you say, um, these stories, these human stories from these amazing people give us all permission to find things tough um, and make mistakes when we hear that these legends and champions are wrestling with the same issues. So I hope you're well. I hope you're still playing and good luck, mate. I've been speaking at lots of corporate conferences recently, and one of the key themes people are interested in is this shift from a blur of busyness to a focus on impact. When we're in the middle of a strategic change initiative, it can look like everything's important, but we need to think more about the opportunity cost. If I spend two hours, two days or two weeks focusing on this area, it means that I can't spend two hours, two days or two weeks over here. And we tend to just think we'll do it all and we'll work extra hard. But of course, we've seen that that burden and burnout can be equally debilitating. So we simply can't do it all. And we have to focus our mental, physical and financial resources on a few vital goals. But this takes courage. It takes strategic thinking and it takes discipline to stick to those priorities because they're harder work than just doing what's in front of us. So today's insight comes from one of the weekly challenge videos that our members receive every Monday morning to kick off their week. The message is from Eddie Jones, the England rugby coach, who's just gone back down under to his homeland to beat Australia, win the trophy. So he's probably not the most popular down there at the moment, but it's brilliant for England. So let's hear the message from Eddie Jones. Everyone we speak to seems to be telling us how busy they are at the moment, but is busyness really a badge of honour? We all face a deluge of information and tasks, and at times it feels like we're drinking out of a fire hose. We can't possibly take everything on. One of the hallmarks of the elite performers in this platform is their ability to understand their strategic goal, whether it's a personal one or for their organisation, and then concentrate on the key projects and activities which are going to deliver the most impact against those goals. Eddie Jones is revered as one of the world's great coaches and I was very fortunate to work with him with England Rugby and I got to see firsthand exactly how precise he is about where he spends his time and energy with the team. Well, I think again if you look at your job you've got to understand the three things you've got to do really well and make sure every day you prioritise those. So for instance me coming to England I've absolutely prioritised my work with the players. So I don't let anything in the day interfere with that. Um, and I think that the discipline of, of time management, the discipline of keeping priorities, I think the other, the other part of, of that is that when, you, when you're a leader, you have a lot of staff members, that your job's not to solve all of their problems. Yeah, so if, I, if, a, if a staff member comes to me, I demand that they have a solution to that problem. So this is the problem. This is what I, I think can solve it. And then you can, you can give that staff member authority to go on and, and solve that problem, or you can give them advice on how they can improve their solution. So we don't want to be busy fools. We need to focus on our impact, not our busyness. Eddie encourages us to select three priorities for the week and then defend our time and focus on them with real discipline. Everything else needs to be delegated or dismissed. It sounds pretty ruthless, but this simple strategy could be absolutely transformational for the progress we make towards our goals. 
I just checked the origin of the word priority and it comes from the Latin originally but became common in English around 1400 and was used in its singular sense for about 500 years. So I'm not quite sure where we suddenly stretched it out to describe 10 of our to-dos but surely we've got to attempt to make more progress on less things with these key priorities that go at the front of everything else. So the hard thing about our priorities is that they often call for more physical or more cognitive effort to progress them. And it's very tempting to pick up these short-term peripheral projects and like sugary snacks that give us a quick hit. But we'll look busy, but we won't make this all-important progress in our big projects. So this week's challenge is to go back to those one, two or maximum three key priorities. Write them down on a post-it note or a card and stick them somewhere where they're in our face every day. Only we then know whether we've been disciplined enough to move forward or if we got distracted away to something short term that we could have delegated or dismissed. Good luck. So that's a great strategy for us all to apply to our work and life this week. Priorities come prior to everything else, not alongside them in a blur. So let's take a few moments to think what activities are going to push our projects forward this week. We've welcomed about six new companies to our members community in the last couple of weeks. So they'll be able to use all of our video content for their personal development and also their team meetings. If your meetings are getting a little bit boring, then you could stream any one of 110 amazing experts to kick off your next meeting and use the micro lessons uh, right across the platform. So just come over to sportingedge.com forward slash membership and then you can activate your free month using the code podcast 100. So that's podcast 100 without any gaps at the checkout. There's no catch. There's no fees. Just amazing content for you to have a trial of for a month. And I'd love to see you inside. So I hope you found Eddie's insight helpful. Remember, you can listen to his mastermind episode that I recorded with him. It's episode 23. So I'll put a link in the show notes to that. And it gives some brilliant insights into his leadership style. Well, have a great week. Do drop me a note through to hello at sportingedge.com if I can help in any way. And until next time, good luck with those priorities.